were saying about. I was talking about inflection points. I think that is very interesting that we have every uh, every 15 years or so we have an inflection point. Um, that, you know, th this is part of my research, so it's going to sound a little boring. But every 15 years or so we have an inflection point. Uh, one one of them is generational, and the next one is. Uh, paradigm inflection point and the next one is generational again and paradigm go back and forth and this is one of the reasons why generations are believed to be every 30 years or so is because you know that that's that's how you, every 30 years we we repeat a generational inflection point and uh, so what was the uh, last uh, one was it generational or the last one that we had was a paradigm point, uh, shifting point a paradigm inflection point and that was when we had the uh, commercial internet the web in the early in the you know mid 90s into the 2000s right and uh, you know we, we saw some uh, evolution from there into like uh, social media and online communities and ubiquitous use of information and so forth and that that became the basis for this generational point, uh, generational inflection point. And uh, the, the really smart people at, uh, was it Deloitte or somebody else came up with this concept of like, you know, uh, blending together the X, Y, and Z generations and the millennials into this term called millexials. I don't know if you saw that. How do you spell that? M-I-L-L-E, uh, X, Y, Z, <laughs> uh, I-A-L. Okay, got it. It's a blending of all the gener of the last three generations, basically, right? And and what the, the statement that they're making, which, which is wrong in my opinion, is like you know, there's no difference in, in all these things. But um, you know, when you and I were talking last time, and I was telling you, uh, in the, you know, the 60s, 70s, uh, the generational point, inflection point that changed things around the Vietnam War, and uh, you know, civil rights emergence, and all these things, uh, changed the way the generations and the way that that we live. And we're going through the same right now, uh, you know, basically on, on, on not on with us and, and the people living younger than us, but like, you know, the really, really early generations. I mean, my, my daughters are 12 and 15, and they're kind of like in the, in the trailing end of this generation. And if you look at the kids going, going to college right now, you know, I have a few um, friends who have kids going through college. They're like at the leading edge of the generation. So you have those like, you know, uh, 10, 10 to 15 years in there which is like the leading edge of this generation inflection point. And, and that. So, so you're, you're, you're talking about this purely from a, uh, you know, a, a generational age perspective, but isn't there? No. Okay. I mean, we, we, use, we use age to define generations because age defines the moment we were born, the moment we were raised, the, the society we were exposed to. I mean, the, the, the exposure that we had, I mean, sorry, the exposure that I had growing up in the 70s, right, uh, and the exposure my kids have growing up in these days uh, is very different. Uh, you know, the, the, the main influence in my life might have been radio or TV, if that much. I mean, we have three channels, all black and white, and you switch it by hand, you know. So there wasn't a lot of influence there, but that would have been the most, like, you know, communications why the most influence. I mean, politically speaking, things took, like, you know, years to develop. And, and, and here we are in a, in a day and age where things to the, the, you know, the, the, the communication, my kids are grow up in a very, growing up in a very different society society very different uh, uh, evolutionary thing that, that I grew up in so we use age to to differentiate between generations because it's easy but the part where, where the Lord is actually uh, accurate in, in blending them all together it's like age is not the definition but it's like you know how you adapt to all these things that are around us right and I, I think that's 
a, a broader and therefore more fundamental shift that's going on is not so much how the millennials or XYZs or you know the young millennials are, are doing this. It's, it, what it, it's a combination of. I mean, like I always use the Beatles analogy, but uh, you'll just have to live with it, uh, which is that. Uh, uh, you know, from the time when the Beatles started, they there were people like me who were very young, and then uh, with Sgt. Pepper, there was this broadening of the audience. Leonard Bernstein uh, liked what they were doing, you know, etc., yeah. etc. And at, ever since then, uh, it has been an accumulated uh, generational experience that basically goes through the cycles of people's, uh, you know, coming to maturity and, uh, and then sticks with them for a very long time. So that overall uh, uh, iterative uh, paradigm shift is what I think is fascinating. I think mobile is uh, at the heart of that. Yeah. And that's, you know, but, but it's funny that he brought up the, the Beatles because that shows the difference, you know, how this generation inflection points happen, right? I mean, here are these guys with like, you know, long hair and, and singing about topics and until they were considered to be like, you know, just very private and like, you know, nobody can talk about them and nobody can say the things that they said. And like, you know, you have the Beatles and you have Elvis Presley and rock and roll. And, and, and then in this generation, you have, you know, bands like, I can only go from, but my daughter tells me some I'm probably dated and not really on top of things, but like, you know, Panic at the Disco and, and 21 Pilots were like, you know, kids with red hair and undefined genders get on stage and talk about issues that, 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 that were taboo in society until not that long ago. And that's actually one of the generational inflection points. It's like, you know, music is one of them, technology is another, and all these things were like, all this stuff is being used in a different way than have been used until then. And that's changing the way the society you know, both behaves and responds to these behaviors because you have to deal with it. It's in your face, which it wasn't before. So let, let, let's uh, respond to what I was saying about the, uh, the mobile era, because I think that, yeah. uh, I mean, the, the 60s and 70s and, uh, and on were uh, defined by the Walkman, the Sony Walkman and uh, you know, the, the idea that, uh, you know, cassettes would allow you to be able to collect together all of the, your favorite songs and, uh, you know, start to disrupt the so-called uh, LP or album yep. model. And you can actually record the own data versus being only given something, right? Which right. The, the, the vinyl records did. And then you go from there to CDs, which are normally more portable but higher quality and better. And now you go to digital. But but if you follow in that in that in that in, in the thread, right? You basically see that music is, while it remains the same, what we're finding is better ways to distribute it, and better ways to share it, and better ways to communicate it, and better ways to like use it to begin to change you know mentality and personalities within society. Right. That was the Beatles. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I watched my uh, uh, about-to-enter uh, college uh, daughter, and, uh, you know, her, the way she uses music is, it's it's different in the sense that it, in the time that we started paying attention to this stuff, it was so transformative, uh, you know, you 
the first thing you described about the Beatles was their hair, their long hair. You know, so there was this socio social kind of uh, scenario. And now we have, uh, you know, catching up to today, we have the demonizing of uh, social media uh, because of the political situation uh, and, you know, issues of privacy, social networks, uh, where uh, once it was music and to a certain extent uh, films and television, now it seems to be uh, about the differences and the disruptions of social media mm-hmm. to those old uh, networks. But how, how's the social media different from rock and roll in its time, right? I mean, when rock first came out and the Beatles and, and you know, not in the same era, but the Beatles and Elvis Presley and, and Rolling Stones, it, it was the devil's noise that actually turned people into crazy, like, you know, that, that turned the youth into bad people, blah, blah, blah. And, and we're talking about the same thing with social media. All we did is change you know, the, the, the channel, but the, the, the message is always the same. What you're using to communicate with your peers is bad for us because we don't understand it. And therefore, we're going to, like, you know, make you think that it's the worst thing in the world. And in reality, it's the only thing that's actually driving the revolution forward. Ah, now, now we're where we, where we need to be. So what, what is your sense of once the demonization of social media has passed, uh, how do you see it uh, being absorbed and uh, integrated into the notion of uh, a what you call a revolution? When, when it's accepted, you know what? It's funny because we are in the middle of that. When it's acceptable to, for a sitting president to conduct policy and, 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 and mix it with personal uh, through the use of social media, and, and not only acceptable, but expected, and not only accepted and expected, but like, you know, even though it's, it's not even deemed illegal, even though it contradicts almost every single law in the book about communication <laughs> from the higher office. So, so we, we're actually undergoing that. And, and if you actually backtrack in the last year or so, many other world leaders began doing the same thing, you know, different message, but the same thing that Trump has been doing. He actually, he can say whatever you want about the guy uh, and political views and the way you respect him or what he does, but he single-handedly instituted a whole new way of communication and brought up, communica- brought up conversations that even though we knew were there, we didn't have. We never had the conversation about Facebook and privacy, even though we knew it was a problem. And even Facebook said from the beginning that it was a problem. And we gave them a carte blanche and a free pass and let them do whatever they wanted to do. <laughs> you know, never had the communication about what's acceptable to put on Twitter. And until yeah, but I mean, guy... yeah, there was no discussion with the Beatles about, uh, you know, uh, what drugs they were taking. I mean, there was a uh, there was a book burning uh, episode that went on in the uh, South uh, in the middle 60s when uh, uh, John Lennon said something about the Beatles being more popular than uh, Jesus. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, that was Which, th- that was the reaction to the disruption, not the uh, ultimate resolution of the disruption. So no, we, what, we, what's the resolution of this disruption with social media? The, the resolution of the disruption of social media is just, honestly... The part that it shares with, like, you know, we're using the Beatles and the social media opposites, but they're essentially the same. The part that they share is, like, society finding a new way to communicate and a new way to relate uh, the ideals of society and the better ways to go, to go forward, you know? That's that's the, the, the bottom line. And, and the resolution to, to the Beatles might have been, 
and I know I'm going to get into like, you know, hot water with you on this one, but Yoko Ono and, and, and changing John from like, you know, a protest to, to, to a, try to push resolution forward. I mean, the, the, the betting, you know, events and all those things were, don't just complain about it, do something about it, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and we tried that with social media essentially through, the, what was it called, the Arab Spring, it was like one of the first, you know, times that we saw that. But, you know, it continues. It's good. We're going to find ways to, like, use this communication for what is really necessary, which is, like, you know, changing society and, and making it molded to the, to, to the new reality. So uh, who are the leaders now that, uh, that you uh, have a sense of uh, trust or respect for? I, I don't think that we're at that point yet. I think that we're just starting to realize that it's more than we thought. I mean, you know, and the thing is, it doesn't matter who I think. It matters who the, the, the young people who are actually well, going to use this. Well, you don't have to name names. You can... No, I know. But, but it's not that. It's a question of, like, you know, if I look at what my, what my kids do, I mean, they, they, they watch YouTube videos from people who are talking monotone voices with, with nothing to share. And they change the, the, the mind frames and the conversations, you know? So there's no one leader. There's just a movement right now without a well-defined leader. I just think I know. that is... I understand what you're saying, but I'm trying to get you to uh, uh, respond. I mean, we're not just sitting here clueless in the middle of this uh, wave. I mean, you know, we have a certain amount of uh, experience already in dealing with Twitter and Facebook and some of the newer... Uh, technologies that you know seem to uh, bubble up and then sort of descend into the same kind of uh, you know fundamental environment Uh, but you know where it's not so I mean it would seem to me that that there are some signals and signs that you could uh, identify you can I mean, okay, I, I think that what, one is the one we were discussing, right? The ability to, to drive policy and, and, and personal business together through Twitter for a sitting president of the United States. That's one of the signs that is actually make you stop and wonder if, if this is really happening, right? The, the, the first reaction is like, you know, oh, come on, seriously? <laughs> but then you start seeing the results and you have to actually address it as, as something that has influence. I mean, another one. Is, is, you know, YouTube and, and the people that show up in YouTube. I mean, Paul Logan and uh, I can't remember who else made $11 million doing a boxing match on YouTube, you know, last week. I mean, do, do we even understand the concept that two people that you didn't even know existed three years ago or nobody knew existed five years ago went to do a boxing match, you know, in, in, in YouTube that not only collected $11 million, but it, but it like spread the influence by millions more people that thought that this was what, what it's all about. Right, I mean the the, the 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 rise of esports. I mean, people watching other people play video games for crying out loud. I mean, they, these are all elements that, like, if okay, you go well, by so my, you just name two things in a row that I don't do. Uh, so, so I I, I re- resist the notion. I won't reject it, but I resist the notion that I am just an old person that doesn't understand what is happening. Uh, to me, there's as I suggested before, there's uh, uh, there are things about social just like there are things about rock and roll before it and uh you know technology after it that uh that cut across the generational divide what are you saying that that i couldn't just sit in front of twitch for hours a day 
which well, is I've somebody. Never, I never. I don't even know what Twitch is. I mean, I, I, so Twitch. I, I, Twitch is a live, live, uh, live video channel yeah. for people playing. Basically. I don't have. Uh, I don't have. Uh, I'm not particularly interested in games, even if on the dead channel. Okay. Twitch. Twitch was. One. Twitch had a channel. The there was an Uber driver that put a video, live video streams of the people on his ride during the Twitch yeah, channel. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Uh, Twitch has uh, was, sex channels, of course, because everything we do has to go through sex and. The, there, there's people that, that you know performing sex acts on Twitch. I mean, that, that's everything. Twitch is basically a, a live streaming network that that gives you through YouTube ready access to anything that you want. All right. So let me ask you the the same question in yet another way, which is, uh, what do you use your phone for? What, give me the top three things that you actually use your phone for. E- email, text, and uh, navigation. Okay. So what is email? Communi- delay communication. I can uh, reply whenever I want to. Uh, is email being deprecated by uh, notifications? Uh, could be, except that notification. If you have two-way notifications, there are ways to add the notifications. Uh, it could very well be deprecated. But from what I remember, when we had two-way pagers, that didn't do so well. <laughs> yeah, because the, the, that's it may be two-way, but it's one-to-one two-way. Okay. So media is one to many, two way. But ah, see, no, I, I, I wouldn't say I, I don't think so. For for social media to work, it's gonna be a one to one feeling in a one to many media. Well, I, I don't disagree with what you said, but uh, to be exclusive for the things you're interested in, with what I'm saying, uh, I, I am. I don't understand that. So explain why you disagree with something. Where I didn't say that what you're talking I, about. I don't think the social media is, is one too many. I don't think it's like, you know, published once and everybody gets it. I think that we're coming to the point where social media is being, being a one-to-one medium in, in a one-to-many, a one-to-one, one-to-one channel in a, one-to, in a one-to-many medium. There is there is obviously the concept of publishing in social well, the, media and then everybody the gets it. The word social but, kind of defines it as being uh, not just uh, on a one-to-one basis, but on a one-to-many basis. Actually, no. See that I, that I think that that's part of the changes in society that I, that we're witnessing. I mean, I look at my kids, and, and and my kids don't do groups, and they're they're friends. And it's not only my kids. My kids are special. They have certain issues, but their friends don't do groups. You don't see groups of teenagers like getting together for the most part. You see, like you know, everything one to one through electronic channels and one to one in real life. Well, I, I, we, I, we're redefining society. I, I see. Uh, uh, what my daughter does is uh, she will. She spends most of her time with a group of people, and when some of those people go off to college, she keeps going over to the same house uh, where uh, there are still some friends and perhaps some new ones that she spends time with. It's a group phenomenon. It's not just a one-to-one kind of thing. But, but how do you replicate that group phenomenon on ah, social media? question. Social media is not a group phenomenon. You cannot have multiple interactions at the same time. You have a one-to-one interaction. And, and not only that, but you get to choose what you see in social media. Maybe not you, but uh, I, I do. I, I, I mean, Perhaps you do. Uh, you know, I think that uh, you know, a filter that you can't use because it's unusable uh, is not a filter. And I think that uh, you know, what we are doing is trying to absorb uh, Dennis Pombrand talks about this as well as others uh, about the uh, Dunbar number uh, that mm-hmm. you know social media and I don't want to uh, steal his thunder because this is his 
research, but the uh, you know 100 150 people is about as much as you can handle. So if you map that over to the social experience, uh, isn't that kind of what uh, we're trying to do? Is to manage this flow so that uh, we get uh, alerted and uh, into a conversation, you know, that's not just with one individual one-to-one, but is in a one-to-many kind of environment with some filter. I'm going to say no. I, I mean, I'm going to say, hold on, let me take that back. I'm going to say yes, but I thought that we had resolved this. I think this was one of the initial um, things that we, we experienced when we got to social media. It was like, you know, how many people can you have in your network, right? I mean, when Facebook started growing and there were people that had like, you know, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 friends, mm-hmm. right? Then the issue of like, who's your friend and how do you deal with them shows up. And then, you know, how, how do you deal with friends? And then how do you deal with, like, networks and friends? And how your network of friends can correlate with each other and then with you and how that influences you and all those things. I mean, this is research that, it, that existed forever and that I thought we had resulted in social media. But I, I don't think that uh, I, don't, I don't think that the one-to-many applies the way that you're talking about. And I'm, I may be wrong on this, but, like, you know, I cannot define um, one network of, like, 15 people and then interact with them uh, exclusively on, on one topic or one comment or well, one I agree with you about uh, you know I think topics are uh, uh, very constraining rather than uh, uh, illuminating but the uh, uh, let's just say that email as you initially mentioned it yeah. is uh, sort of the uh, one-to-one uh, network whether or not it's being uh, augmented or replaced uh, ultimately by uh, you know, messaging, uh, we'll find out. But then there's this social layer of information and how to be able to take advantage of it without being overwhelmed by it uh, is, would be the next thing. So what is the second thing, most uh, common thing that you do with your mobile device? If, uh, messaging, I mean, texting. Uh-huh. I, I do, I do, I do email for delayed and do texting for immediate. If I, if I text somebody or if they text me and I don't reply within like you know five minutes, then it becomes absolutely worthless because what was the point of texting? You know, if I have it for two or three days, like my daughter often does, <laughs> before sending a response, then you know you, you're not you're using texting properly. The question is getting to somebody immediately and getting an answer immediately. I mean, and that that's actually one of the reasons why sometimes you 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 change. You change from one to the next one. I may get an email with a question, but I will switch and reply on, on, on text because I think it's more of a, an immediate back and forth versus, you know, emails, zero emails going back mm-hmm. and forth. Okay. Uh, so uh, what's the third thing? Uh, navigation. I, I, I unfortunately cannot go anywhere with that Google Maps because it saved me an, an inordinate amount of time over time by giving me alternate directions when, when there's a traffic problem that I can foresee. So now you, and this is true for me as well, I think, uh, now we have no idea where we are or where we're going. Uh, None whatsoever. Because we, you know, we don't know what the names of streets, uh, we just want to know what the destination is and then what's the algorithm. Uh, of the fastest way to get there. Places places where I used to go all the time and uh, I was familiar with, and I'm starting to become less and less familiar because I know that I can navigate through there using Google Maps. And I think that part of, uh, and I'm going to give this as a, 
very little doubt, but like you know, to the intelligence of Google, it's like over time they discover more shortcuts and more ways to go around the um, traffic problems just for the purpose of keeping you glued in and, and connected and addicted to the application. <laughs> so uh, what I don't hear is uh, how do you gather information? That's a great question. And actually, I, I, I'm one of the remaining last few people that don't get notifications on, on, the, on, on information, but rather go get it when I, when I need it or where, where I feel like I, I need to get well, something. Well, I'm, I'm not talking about notifications. You mentioned messaging as the second. Uh, I get, I mean, I get, I get people who send me links and texts to, to, to references to things that are happening. Uh, and then I look it up. I, I get a... Uh, uh, a handful of newsletters curated that are like daily uh, through email that then I follow up if I want to. But uh, I, I don't really have any anything more than that. I mean, I, I get the Gilmore gang up, uh, you know, about once a day that I go in and, and see what's mm -hmm. going on just for mm -hmm. reference. But um, I, I don't, I, I, I prefer to live my life. And this is a decision that I made in the last couple of years. I, I, I need to live my life in a pool rather than push the model because the push model becomes uh, overwhelming very, very quickly. Right. Well, it's, it can be very uh, emotionally destabilizing uh, yeah. uh, to be sure. But the, the, the question is, is how do you, uh, you know, for your business, what is it that you uh, use at least? Oh, for my business, I have, I have a, a set of alerts that come through email once a day, once a week, depending on what it is. And I just quickly parse through it, and if something interests me, I read it. And if not, I just, uh, um, some of them I file for later that I know that I will need it, and some, most of them I ignore. Mm -hmm. And you, you don't really use the phone to read as much as, uh, or do you? I prefer not to, because to be fair, it, the, the screen is small, and I have, uh, you know, as, as age comes to me... <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't have the ability to uh, to, uh, to to read as well anymore, <laughs> and there's such a small screen. But I, I do. I mean, when I'm when I'm on the road and I need something, I do. I, I I can actually go through days without opening my laptop. Right. So more and more, uh, I think that we see this in the size uh, uh, of the iPhone and the uh, whatever the uh, Android competitor is. Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, Samsung or the uh, well, whatever. I don't Pixel, I use yeah. exclusively the iPhone, but uh, you, know, you can see it sort of contract and expand. Uh, the most recent uh, iPhone X, I, I think, uh, basically uh, expanded the real estate and while retaining the small size of the phone as opposed to going to the plus size, which I used to do. I now and basically operating a much smaller environment with a much more, uh, uh, you know, effective screen in terms of uh, quality and, you know, you know yeah. befitting my august age, as you were suggesting. I didn't no, say I mean, about you. Well, I said about me. You're a young, you're for a young butterfly. Yes, please. Uh, so... <laughs> You know, I mean, we're all dealing with this same kind of shrinking real estate, uh, plot, but uh, these uh, sort of areas of time in transition, you know, such as podcasting, uh, audio, uh, smart speakers. There, there are a bunch of technologies that seem to be uh, emerging, uh, surrounding the, yeah. the, the phone at the center of the architecture.
But but if you're gonna but if you're gonna if you're gonna like revert this to where we started, right? And in, in the generational well, I'm gonna, shift. I've been trying to avoid that because we still have another <laughs> you know few minutes. But go ahead. No, but I say if we're gonna go to that, you're talking about the communication channels, but not not changing both the reality of the content and the reality of what the content reflects. And I think that the important part on this is is not to focus on the communication and technological channels that that we are looking into uh, on how to have our communication, but on the actually underlying content and reason and the purpose of this communication. Well, I, I agree with that, and I. Uh... You, you mentioned the uh, the the app, uh, the Gilmore Gang app before. Uh, however successful or unsuccessful it is, uh, it definitely has as a, a motivation. And for me, at least, some of the things that I find interesting about it are uh, finding somehow through attribution by people uh, that I want to understand as part of a group that that's just my uh history and uh and kind of uh, appreciation of the, the I, i'm finding out about things uh at a level that's a little deeper than what i would do just trying to triage uh the endless stream of uh, of relatively useless information that's on the internet but but wouldn't 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 the Gilmore Gang be a, an example of everything we've been discussing here, basically? Well, hopefully. Uh, but but what I'm saying is is that uh, it, it's not a solution. It's more of a uh, it's a it's a reflection. Yeah, and it's and this does come back to what your uh, your initial thesis was about these thirty year uh, waves or fifteen year waves punctuated by uh, a rotation between. Uh, the underlying disruptions and the uh, generational shifts. So yeah, uh, I, I I think so. I think I think. I mean, I, I I've been known to be wrong many times before, and it would not be the first time ever that I'm wrong. But I think that uh, the more that I read and the more that I looked into it, the more that I believe that. Uh, and I'm going to use the Gilmore app as an example. It's like you know, if you even go to the last prior than shift of 15 years ago, right? Where we had computer chat rooms and we had AOL chat rooms, and now they became the Gilmore Gang, essentially, as the next generation of that. And if you go back, you know, 15 years before that, it was what, the Well and BBSs, right? Mm -hmm. That we had at that time, and then, then they became chat rooms, and then they became, essentially, the Gilmore Gang. In a, it's an aggregation, it's a community, it's an aggregation and consolidation of, like, keen-minded individuals for specific purposes that, that, that simplifies the distribution of information and that is assisted by the technology of today. But at the same time, you know, we, we are dealing with like different content that is underlying different, different uh, cultural and, and societal moves, and, and that's, that's what we're dealing with. And, and I think that that's, that's what is becoming more apparent as we go forward. It's like, you know, the topics we discuss, the, 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 the way we distribute it, the way we, we manage it, it's changing because the generationals, not only by age, although age influences because of the people that grew up with that, but also by like you know the way society society moves in waves. All right. So a bonus question uh, then: uh, uh, You're a, you know you work in the enterprise uh, analyst business, and yes, uh, sir. So how do you see this? Uh, what we've been talking about uh, uh, reflected in what's going on. Uh, in the business that you're in, uh, do you see that? Do you see this having an impact, or is this just going to continue to be 
Oh no, this this will definitely have an impact, but we're just starting to see the early stages. So well, what are the early few... stages that you're seeing as it relates to uh, the enterprise? Well, I mean, so, so so one of the early stages is, is always the, the 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 communication, right? I mean, how do clients and customers uh, choose to communicate? Uh, uh, you know, consumers and customers choose to communicate with enterprises, and how do um, employees choose to communicate internal to enterprises? And, and it's not outcome related per se. Uh, you know, so you would have to have Slack because all your employees want it, but what's the outcome and the purpose of Slack? Nobody knows, right? And we can say, oh, it's collaboration, it's better. Sure, we can say anything, but it's not really the, the, the purpose. I mean, we don't know what it's for, which is not there's a different way to communicate. You know, we have to support. Customers who want to talk to businesses via WhatsApp, you know, what's the purpose? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what they're going to ask. We don't know what's going to happen, but we need to do it. So the first stage is communication. And we're starting to see a communications evolution that, that is, is basically telling us that something's going to change. Uh, part of it is what you said, the one-to-one -one and one-to-many, right? In the old days, a company would put a, a, a notice out about some product they were selling and people would come and buy it. Uh, now you're starting to see the disappearance of a level of marketing, and that's starting to affect companies. Uh, there are those companies that have absolutely zero marketing, that they rely on, on the product uh, being distributed via influencers and word of mouth, and they don't do anything to help it or, or, or promote it, right? Those are some of the new companies. So we're starting to see those changes. These communication channels are leading to like changes in the way the enterprise uh, works and, and the enterprise interacts with the external stakeholders. So... It's starting to show up, but we're not there yet. Uh, you see uh, the, the, the rise of artificial intelligence and the, the rise of automation and the letting customers do more of their own things with the company directly instead of having to depend on the company. Uh, you see a lot more independence for customers. These are the things that are starting to manifest and that we're starting to see enterprises adapt to that. But we are far, 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 and we can have you know, endless discussions about which technological model will actually succeed and how, but we're just getting started. So really, there's nothing. There's right, nothing but you know, I, you know, you just said some really interesting things, and I push back uh, only on uh, the notion that we're just getting started. We're always just getting started. Uh, that, of course we are. But that doesn't mean that. Uh, it's uh, always it's always day one at Amazon. Make, uh, you know, just lo lower the the timeline from years to months. And say, okay, what's going to happen, and uh, what will be successful? Uh, yeah, but the, see, successful. That, so that's that's the thing. It's going to be one of the biggest problems uh, that we see. It's like you know, you're talking in a sense uh, to something that I don't think is going to perpetuate itself. Which is like there's going to be one model that everybody can use, you know, vis-a-vis -vis adapting it to the company, but still they can use one model. And what I think is no, going to I'm be, not, I'm not saying that. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a uh, what I would call a broadcast audience. It's going to be a narrow cast. Yeah. It's going to be uh, little pockets that develop scale and then reach across the generations. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, sorry, I just had a text from my daughter that I had to respond to when we were done here. Um, the, the, the thing is, like, you know, uh, I, I think that we are changing not only the communication, but that's an early indication, but we're changing what the communication leads us to do. I mean, as I refer a couple of times, the fact that a sitting president in the United States can influence policy through an open communication channel is completely unheard of and unthought of before, right? 
it's always politics has always been hush hush no oh, nobody wants to see how the sausage is made let's do it behind closed doors so nobody knows what's going on you know and now everything's been rightfully or wrongfully done exposed and and that's that's a communication revolution that that we need to like you know figure it out you know mm-hmm. so that that's that's basically where we are you know uh, we are uh, we are at the point where, where, where you know, uh, the communication is actually starting to give way to new ways to work, new ways for, for comp- people to behave in society and to behave in, uh, in workplaces and marketplaces and, and whatnot. And uh, we're just starting to, to see the initial effects of that. I mean, is it early days? It's always early days, like you said. I mean, what, what's the saying from uh, Jeff Bezos? It's always day one at Amazon. We're always doing things differently and changing and breaking them and doing it differently because you know our clients are changing and the people we interact with are changing. But it, it's there and we need to deal with it. All right. All right. Good. All right. Bad. You agree? Well, you tell me. I, I think I think that, like I said to you over the phone when we first started talking about this before this podcast, I, I think that this is an interesting. Uh, time because we're seeing something that a lot of people don't get to see you know you know it, it's just we don't see uh generational changes and paradigm shift you know often we see them once in a, every 15 years or 30 years so it's interesting to be going through through one of them at a point where we can actually notice a lot more i mean 30 years ago i was uh, uh behind my ears and i didn't understand anything about the world and now I do. And, oh, I think I do. <laughs> it's a better way to put it. And the different understanding puts me in a situation where like, I can actually uh, you know, get to enjoy a lot more of, of what's going on and how it's happening and, and what are the outcomes and what are the underlying effects. I agree with everything you had to say, except that uh, the things that I didn't necessarily agree, I called them out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think that you know, it's one of those things where uh, both time will tell, right? And uh, I, I'm, I'm likely to be wrong about most of this, but as an early spotter of uh, uh, trends and innuendos in, in, in society by virtue of my, my job and what I do, I, I think that we are, we're starting an inflection point that is going to end up with a very different society. Not, not immediately, but over the, over the near to, to, to mid, midterm. That's two to five years. Speaking of the midterms, <laughs> yes, sir. Well, we can only hope. You know, actually, the midterms are showcasing a lot of what, I, what, I, what I'm talking about. If you really think about it, first time in history that in Nevada, if everything holds, uh, virtually every representative for the state of Nevada will be a woman. You know, um, most of them defeating men that have been in their positions for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, in the, you know, we can talk about Alexandra Ocasio forever, but like, you know, virtually every candidate that has been coming up in the primaries as, as, as favorite to win are, are non-experienced people that have never been in politics that leverage the, 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 the communication channels to, to pass along a message that, that couldn't have gone anywhere 10 years ago. Right. And we'll see how, how long it takes for this to become uh, absorbed into the mainstream, but uh, certainly that is the trend. Yeah, and even if like you know one third of these people succeed and, and, and get to power, we will have a very different society in a very in a very near, you know, no short term but near term, you know, five years or so. 
But five years seems like, uh, at this point in my life, seems like a long time. It is, but for my kids, five years is after life or, 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 or run there. Right. Seems like a long time, too. It does, but if you look at it, how much they have ahead, it's, it's nothing, right, relatively speaking. Well, uh, that was the point that I was making, and I agree, agree that it seems like a, a, like a long term for them, too. I mean, for my youngest daughter, it's about half her life. For my oldest daughter, it's one third of her life. For me, five years is nothing at this point, <laughs> you know. All right. Well, thank you uh, very much, Esteban Kolsky. Thank you very much, Steve Gilmore. Okay, I think we've got an end. Okay, good. How was that? Did it go to... Uh, well, you tell me. I thought it was a good conversation. I thought that you, you, you made some valid points to both uh, validate and uh, confront some of the ideas. So that was a great conversation for me. I enjoyed this very much. Yeah, uh, but you say that about each of them. So either... No, I, I, Steve, I really enjoy talking to I'm you. Not, I'm, not being, I'm not being... I'm not being... Uh, cute. I, I, no, no, I know. I, I find I, I, the I, I, process I, of these particular uh, shows to be uh, really interesting because uh, instead of having to focus on kind of uh, housekeeping uh, with a bunch of people, uh, it, it becomes uh, I, I can focus on the questions that. Uh, that occur to me and the responses and, and vice versa. So it becomes much more uh, dynamic, uh, the uh, conversation. Uh, and it kind of validates the concept of the one-to-one -one, uh, conversations. <laughs> I hate to push it that way, but no, I, I think that this is much better because it, it allows both of us. I mean, my perspective is like, I can focus much more deeper in, in interesting nuances that I haven't foreseen Mm -hmm. And I, I can focus in like developing my, my thoughts and my theories further by, by exposure. So, yeah. And then I also like uh, uh, you know, the transition to uh, the enterprise uh, as a way of deepening the conversation from this is, you know, what I see going on, but we're in early stages. It's like, uh, that's true, but we're always in the early stages. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do we do about this? To, uh, to me, you know, the things but, that I've always been interested in uh, uh, about the technology space have been things that are early, but at the same time, you just know that they're going to be profoundly disruptive and uh, uh, reflective of the power of these technologies as opposed to the uh, downside of them. Not that that's not important, but yeah. Well, so 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 talk about you know talking about technology. Let's talk about podcasts, right? I mean, when we first got them, they were going to change everything. Then they disappear. Now they're coming back with a lot more strength and a lot, lot more value proposition, both for enterprises as well as individuals. I mean, so apparently, I, yeah. I I I still have the 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 problem of information glut. You know, these things are a tremendous time sink and commitment uh, that uh, I, I worry, or I don't worry about it. I just assume that there's going to be a very, very small audience for this. 
Well, that's that's the problem with distribution then, right? I mean, but but audiences are becoming smaller. But but you still have the ability. The the cost for this for such a small audience in the past would have been prohibitive, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and yet today, by by virtue of a by, by virtue of like you know making a one-to-one -one communication possible and feasible, economically feasible, we, we're building different different levels of communication with customers and employees and and friends that, that we never had before. And even if you have ten people that listen to this podcast and one of them takes an idea that influences a person in a third community that they participate in, and that ends up being changed, that's the goal. I agree. In, uh, in broad terms. I, I somebody, uh, you know, I posted a conversation I had with Keith, uh, Keith Tier last night, and, uh, you know, I think Keith liked it, which of course didn't give me a lot of information, but because uh, it was all about Keith, uh, you know, yeah. be like me liking this show. <laughs> I mean, it's like okay, uh, thanks for your input. Uh, we'll get back to you. But the uh, somebody who I don't know favorited the show. Yeah. And yeah. To, to me, that's a, a, a fascinating signal. Is there's one person who, obviously, uh, you know, maybe he listened to the whole thing. It was like 51 minutes, or maybe he didn't. Uh, but something about that. It's like when I post an, uh, an item to the uh, app, I'll be if I'm reading the item. Uh, and I, I get to a point where I say, you know, it's probably after two, two instances in that article of uh, something that resonates for me, then I'll post it. You know, it, mm -hmm. it reaches a threshold where it's, I'm not done yet. It's possible that it, the, the, guy, the writer of that post will suddenly uh, turn completely ignorant uh, uh, just after I posted that. <laughs> oh, that's happened to me yeah, several times. I, I, can, <laughs> I, I think of uh, certain people who uh, are friends of mine who, who have done that and, and never come yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but see, that's the thing is like you get to, you get to the point a lot faster now that we used to, we used to have to take years to get there. Now you can get to that point in like, you know, 10, 15 minutes <laughs> and, and, and it's good and it's bad. I mean, it just, it changes your social networks. It changes your social graphs. It changes your communities, but it also like, you know, helps you uh, manage your, 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 your time better. Hopefully. So. Uh, it's it's really easy to add one more name to my blog list in, in, in everything. <laughs> and I'm happy to do that when somebody goes stupid. By my standards, of course. All right. You know. Okay. So thank you very much. Thank you. This was actually very yeah, good. Thank uh, you. Likewise. But I, okay. that's why we'll I, talk. You know, you're high on my go-to list to do this. Anytime. Thank you, sir. I appreciate well, I appreciate your, your help. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Bye. take care.